Isn't the point of traveling to get away from it all, to feel the best you've ever felt? Then maybe you should check out Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. When your trip comes to an end, you won't need another vacation because you just had the vacation. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. This episode contains explicit language. Welcome to Mom and Daughter Fighting, Slate's parenting podcast for Thursday, July 6th, the Gap Year or Bust Edition. I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. I write the homeschool and family travel blog, Dutch Dutch Goose. I'm the mom of three littles, Henry, who's 11, Oliver, who's nine, and Teddy, who's six. And we currently are without a location to call home. (laughs) I'm Zach Rosen. I make another show. It's called The Best Advice Show. And I am dad to Noah, who is five, and Ami, who's two. We live in Detroit, Michigan. I'm Jamila Lemieux. I'm a writer, contributor to Slate's Care and Feeding Parenting column, and mom to Naima, who is 10, and we live in Los Angeles. Well, today on the show, we have a family who's all ready to take a gap year, except their oldest child is less than thrilled at the idea. Every time it comes up in conversation, she comes up with a reason why it won't work. We're, of course, also going to talk about our week in parenting, and if you're sticking around for Slate Plus, we're going to talk about co-sleeping. Here's what you'll hear if you have Slate Plus. I was up so much with Henry walking to another room breastfeeding that I was like falling asleep during the day doing stuff because every time I got up, I couldn't get back to sleep. And what finally fixed that for us was co-sleeping, that if I could have him there, I could feed him and put him back without so much disruption. And I was worried I was going to fall asleep in like the armchair or rocker holding him, which is also dangerous. So I just think like opening up the conversation and saying like, okay, I accept some risk for this because it's working for our families, but how do, like, are there other things I should be doing to make this less dangerous? Not only will you get to hear that segment, but as a Slate Plus member, you get a whole bonus segment every week. Plus, you get to listen to all your other favorite Slate podcasts ad-free. It's truly the best way to listen and the best way to support the show. You can sign up for Slate Plus now at slate.com slash plus. All right, we're going to jump into triumphs and fails as soon as we get back from this short break. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Today we're doing something a little different and reaching back into time for some classic triumph and fails from our mental archives. Jamila, what do you have for us? All right. So this was the fall of 2016. Oh, the happy years when we lived in New York. And we had just moved into a new apartment. And this was literally like that day we moved into a new apartment. And I packed all of Naima's clothes away. And she had to go to school the next day. And so all that I had that was clean and accessible that morning were pajamas. So and they were pajama pajamas, not like t-shirt and shorts Uh or leggings. Like a onesie pajama. 
They were two pieces, but they were very clearly pajamas. <laughs> they had a print. They had, you know, like a collared shirt and pants. And I have the cutest picture. I have to, maybe I can find it and post it on Instagram of Naima in school wearing her pajamas looking pissed off because that was all that we had. And I, you know, I just convinced her. I was like, <laughs> it'll be fine. Just wear the pajamas. And because she was three going on four, she's like, okay. And so she did. And everybody else had on their little uniforms and Naima had on pajamas. How did she do? She did fine. You know, I expected her to feel a little bit more insecure about it, but she had a, what I recall, a pretty fun day. This is very um, anxiety producing for me. (laughs) As as all of my, you know, I'm not at the house. All of my things are gone and I'm thinking, oh boy, (laughs) I didn't really think about things like still being boxed for the first day of school or yes. Okay. Well, <laughs> at least if it happens to me, I can show them your picture <laughs> and say, she managed just she fine. Managed. She did just fine. <laughs> she was only slightly pissed. Only a little bit. Yeah. That's young enough where it's just kind of adorable. And like if, if, if it was now, that would be, yeah, that would be pretty humiliating. Probably have a different, but day. the other kids were in like a uniform, right? Yes. Yeah. yes they were oh goodness okay zach how about you i think back to when noah was she was still in a in a high chair so she was probably like but eating solid foods what is that like a year she was about a year um and here in detroit middle eastern food is very important to our region uh we have one of the biggest middle east populations outside of the middle east in, in dearborn which is in adjacent suburb um we eat a lot of that food here and uh do you know what tum tum is you might know it as garlic sauce have you had it like yeah. that white it's the greatest it's just garlic oil lemon juice and salt it's kind of the consistency of a hummus but you can hmm. you it, it goes with anything a little goes a long way and it, it like people come here who don't have a lot of particularly Lebanese restaurants where they live and like buy like a quart of it and take it home because it's just so good. And I thought it was time for Noah to have her first taste of tum. And I I spooned out maybe a teaspoon on her little baby spoon and gave her a bite. Um, and she just started throwing up. There was way too much oh, garlic no. and oil for her cute little belly to handle. No. I was, I thought like I was being like a cultural, you know, like I, I was like, you know, really kind of like welcoming her into our region um, uh, and, you know, introducing her to the important food ways here. Uh, she wasn't having it. And when Shira came home, I told her, you know, Noah's been throwing up. I wonder what it was. And she's like, well, what did you feed her? And I'm like, oh, I gave her. Oh, yeah. I didn't even like put it together at first that it was this very potent garlic that um, wasn't good for her. So I recommend uh, Tum, T-O-U-M, to to all our listeners, but probably wait until your kid is older than like, you know, 18 months. She likes it now, all these years later. I was but that was, ask, that was did that? Yeah, it's, it's, it's so good. But um, yeah, it, that, that was a big uh, tummy failure. No permanent I, d- I don't know what I was doing. I still don't, but I, I knew even less then. Yeah. I'm reaching back into the, the not too distant past to uh 
I Henry had like a ton of thank you notes he had to write, and he's very big into letter writing, so he largely does them all by himself. He writes the notes, he addresses them, he asks for stamps, he puts them in so the mail. Great. And I don't really know what goes out, but a um, friend was cleaning out some stuff and sent me a picture that she failed to send me from a letter that he wrote, uh, dear, we'll just say person, Thank you for the $20. I don't know what I'm going to choose, but I hope I make a good decision. No signature. <laughs> uh, so Henry's, uh, you know, projecting that his future self may not make a good choice. I don't know what he spent that $20 on. So I, I showed him the letter and he's like, huh, I wonder what I did do with that. <laughs> so to all of you who have received two line, uh, notes from my son <laughs> pondering his own ability to spend wisely um yes at least he wrote a note right i honestly yes that that counts for so much more than the content at that age like to take the initiative of writing a thank you note and putting it in the mail yourself that's huge that's huge mm-hmm. you should be very proud oh he lo- he loves to send the the things out i just thought they were maybe better formed than uh, <laughs> than this mm-hmm. but- I, I mean, the person was very tickled when they found it again. So, yeah, that's fun. That's always nice. Well, on that note, we're going to take another quick break and then we'll see you back here for our listener question. All right, let's jump into our listener question. Hi, mom and dad. Longtime listener of the show here, but first time running in. My husband and I have dreamed of taking our family on a gap year since before we even had kids. Before settling down, we were world travelers and even worked for a few seasons at a science camp in Antarctica together. So this is really important to us. Our kids are approaching what we feel are the ideal ages for this experience, and we're fortunate to have lucked into the means for a gap year. During the pandemic, we were able to sell our first home in Denver for a nice profit, and we've squirreled that away in savings for this very occasion. I'm a copywriter, and I plan to do some freelance work during our time away. We ideally want to begin our gap year about one year from now, when our kids will be seven and nine. We've slowly introduced the idea of exploring the world together for a year to our kids, who are now six and eight and a half, and we've received some mixed reactions. Our five-year-old son is pretty excited about it, but our eight-year-old daughter instantly starts crying at the mere mention. She's a super social girl, and her friends are her life. Not to mention she's very attached to the family dog, who she can't imagine leaving behind for a year. She also expresses anxiety about missing a whole school year. We plan to home slash world school. Even when we talk about this super casually, she gets very upset and says she's going to stay behind and live with someone else. The catch is that I know she's going to love the experience when she's in it. We've traveled a fair bit internationally as a family, and she always loves our adventures. She's so intrepid and brave, and living in Colorado, we're always going on some half-baked expeditions, camping, backpacking, skiing, hiking, and she proves to be adaptable, excited, and just down for it all. So so how do I help ease her into this idea of a gap year? I don't want to feel like we're ripping her away unwillingly from her life here, but this is something my husband and I feel so strongly about doing, and we'll regret it if we don't. Uh, this is a very exciting idea. I'm, I'm excited for you and your family and totally get that an eight-year-old might not be thrilled about this as they're just kind of starting to, you know, make their own friends in a, in a meaningful way. However, like you say, they are like into this kind of thing. And, you know, at least in theory, when they're not thinking about how much they'll miss their friends. And so I don't know where you're going, but wherever that is, 
start getting them super excited about that place. Like, are you thinking about moving to Paris? Like, watch Ratatouille. Um, you know, are you going to Hawaii? You know, watch Moana. Like, think about really cool things, books, magazines, movies from that place and and start embedding them before you leave. So they're like, oh yeah, the sand is going to feel really good between my toes. And also, I think there are ways to, I know, you know, there are all sorts of like expat Facebook groups for adults. Um, and I think you can start making some connections wherever you're going um, virtually, you know, start reaching out to people in these Facebook groups and look for families that have uh, like aged uh, kids to your own. And then maybe you can do some some kind of uh you know, I don't know if it's pen palling or just like FaceTiming, but just like really do a lot to make friends um, as best you can or help help your kid make friends with the people um, that are going to be in the place where, where you'll be traveling to. Because um, that, that's not going to solve the, the social dilemma, but I think it's going to really make it a lot less painful for them. And I know, Liz, you're going to have a lot to say about this as an intrepid world traveler, but... <laughs> That's where I'd start. I definitely co-sign what you said about finding content from this place, you know, that talks about this place that you're going to. In addition to finding other books and movies about kids that are traveling and seeing somewhere outside of, you know, their normal surroundings. Um, there's a lot of books about kids having new experiences, trying new cultures, um, eating new foods. You can also start introducing some of the foods that you all will try. You know, if there's a restaurant in town that serves the cuisine from where you're going, you all can go there. If there's a museum that has, you know, an exhibit or any content dedicated to this place where you're going, you can get into that as well. You know, and just be encouraging, you know, like acknowledge that this is scary. You know, it is difficult to leave the home that you know for a significant amount of time and you will miss your friends and you will miss your school and that's okay, you know, but just remember that we're coming back. This is not forever. This is a year. Just talk to her about, you know, how much has changed in the past year, already, right? And just like how quickly a year of her life has gone by and some of the things that you all have been able to do. And just that, you know, this year is going to go quickly on the road too. And the next thing you know, we'll be turning around to come back home, you know, and that home is always going to be here. We're not taking you away forever. This is just something that we believe will be very meaningful for you and for us. And, you know, we believe that it's an experience that you'll love. I think that the like, empathy part is so important like mm. for as much as we move and we go do things like our kids are not always thrilled like their initial response is almost always like we don't want to do this like we and, just got you know here. sometimes it's like well we're making this choice and sometimes the choice is being made for us um but i think what really seems to speak to them is is like tamila said the empathy of like, yeah, this is really hard. And I completely understand that we are leaving friends and I'm leaving friends too. Um, but I'm doing it confident that I can stay in touch. One, because we have always done that before, right? Like if you have any friends that you have moved away from and stay in touch, like holding those up to your children as like, these are relationships that I was able to continue to nurture makes that a little bit easier. I think 
preparing for that distance with friends. So going ahead and starting to set up whatever you're going to use. So if that's like exchanging postcards or letters, like you can do some of that now before you go. Um, We have used before the Marco Polo app that allows you to send little videos. And I set that up with like our Uh, you know, our friends' parents, and then the kids can record things. If your kids don't have email addresses, I would get them email addresses and then um, attach them to your phone. That way, when an email comes in, I can be like, hey, so-and-so emailed you. Um, you, Do you want to read it and respond right now from my phone? Like, those little things really help. I mean, when we moved abroad, Henry was like three, maybe almost four, and he was able to maintain friendships with other four-year-olds just by he he would sometimes say like I miss my friend Lucy and we would say like okay should we get her a postcard and mail it to her and he would draw on it and mail it and then she would mail something back right and so even if you are doing some of the work because I think kids have a hard time understanding that that this is work if you are doing that to kind of keep fresh in your friends memories and keep um you know your child feeling like they're engaging with this other person, it is amazing how excited they are to see each other when you get back and setting up those FaceTime calls. But you can start doing that now, like have her come up with a plan. I love the idea of introducing food and things like that, because that is the stuff that we love to send back that's really fun. Like as they're planning or talking about stuff, you can find things that the friends might be really interested in. And then that makes it exciting. Like, well, I can't wait to go to this place because I can get my best friend this, you know, for us, Japan, like this Hello Kitty stuff. Um, Lucy is like very into Hello Kitty. Henry is very excited about going and finding Hello Kitty stuff to send her. And that makes him excited about this, even though that distance is going to be something that that they have to deal with. And Liz, you've done this before. So to what extent do you get the kids involved in like, planning out the thing because that seems like you can give them giving them some agency is going to to help in some way the more the better i think sometimes we err on the side of like they they are too involved um and then when everything doesn't pan out there's (laughs) you know they they get upset by that but um right i think the more that you can give them and the more that they can be involved especially with something like this Um, where you're traveling around. We have friends that just left the military and bought an RV and are driving around um, for a full year. And they are very much letting their kids help plan the next destinations. Um, And they had some of the same concerns. Their kids were like, we thought we were going to get to stay in one place. Like we made these friends, dad retired. We you know, thought this was great. And now they were like, let's get in an RV and drive all around and not be anywhere for very long. And they are having this magical journey. Um, and they're so excited because they get to pick some of the things and places that they go. So I think the more cool. that you can make the conversation um, about like, hey, are there things that you would want to go do or see? Are there things you're excited about? I I mean, even for us still, every time, you know, we're talking about the move, Henry in particular, who's 11, will say, you know, like, I, I'm i like excited about these things, but I'm also nervous because I'm leaving my friends and I'm going to miss them. We always are just like, yes, that is, it's, it's hard. Like, it's really hard. And sometimes in life, we have to do really hard things. And this is good practice. But what we can do is like make some fun choices, right? So is there something that you're looking forward to? And can we 
get that on a calendar so that there's a physical date when you're going to get to do this and then tell your friends about it. If you can have those first like check-ins already planned, like, oh, but on this, you know, like, hey, in that first week, like, hey, once we get settled on this date, like we've already set up a phone call. I think those things can really, really soften the blow. And so if you just treat it with, with empathy um, and don't get upset that they're raining on your parade. Like you are the adult with all the power. You are deciding that this is going to happen, right? Like that choice has already been made. So I think the more that you can just be like, yeah, we're excited about this. I know you're going to enjoy it, but I know it's also hard. Um, seems to be the way. I, I feel like I try to absorb some of those blows that come because they're expected, right? Like uh, it's good that they're developing friendships that they don't want to leave. Like that is a very good yeah. skill and thing that is happening to your child. Um, and stress that you're coming back too. Yeah. Yeah. We don't always have that, which is. You don't have that. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're hardcore. You're so hardcore. You guys are amazing. Well, you know. But it sounds like this is this is a one year adventure that uh, they'll be returning home afterwards. So, so obviously that's something not to not to gloss over. Like you're not leaving forever. But I'm sure the eight-year-old understands that. And you can do countdowns. And there's all kinds of fun countdowns, too, for you can be excited for leaving, but also for coming back. You know, if you haven't read uh, Dan's book, How to Be a Family, he talks about some of these issues that he had uh, with with his girls. So that's a good thing to prepare you <laughs> because uh, as you read the book, that feeling kind of waxed and waned throughout the trip mm-hmm. too and, and reared its head. So that's a, there's, there's a bunch of books out there. There are so many like Instagram accounts and Facebook groups of people that are traveling. So I think that's good advice to uh, Zach mentioned to reach out to find friends, but also just to kind of uh, lurk a little bit and see what other people are doing to deal with that. Our our friends that are doing it have found a group that they meet up with frequently. So they've actually run into some of the same families as they've RV'd when they can. So picked up some new friends along the way too, which is kind of fun. Well, wannabe world schooler, thank you for writing in. Hopefully some of our advice helps. I know we have a few traveling family listeners out there. You guys have written in before. So we'd love to hear your advice, how you're dealing with this. We also need your questions, so please reach out to us at slate.com or leave us a voicemail at 646-357-9318. That's it for our show. If you liked what you heard today, please subscribe to the show and give us a rating and review. Or better yet, tell a friend about us. That helps us expand our lovely little community. This episode of Mom and Dad are Fighting is produced by Rosemary Belson and Maura Curry. Shasha Leonard is the voice of our listeners. Alicia Montgomery is VP of Slate Audio. For Zach Rosen and Jamila Lemieux, I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. Thanks for listening. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.